KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. It's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. Your newly revived host, because I found a game that I love. It's awesome. How long has it been on? Since I found a game that I love so much? Yeah. You know, it's been a very long time. And I've said many, many, many times on this program how much I value the control system in a game, meaning it can totally make or break it. Uh, Yeah. Love it. So you come across games like uh, Police 911, which is our, our... not technically arcade only because it came out on the PS2, but basically only people ever played it, in, played it in the arcade. Your right. knees can only achieve the full experience in the arcade. I, Police 911. Is that true? Yes. Have you played the home version? Because um, it was only available in Europe and Japan. Did they have the same tracking system? No, it used the uh, the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, so for those who aren't maybe. familiar, Police 911 is... Maybe, maybe your knees can enjoy an adequate experience at home as well. I suspect it could. So, uh, Police 911 was a Konami game. Konami, you know, in uh, like DDR times when a lot of the video games in the arcade were theirs, and many of them involved some sort of special control mechanism. So there was a, a more popular game, actually, than Police 911 that used the same sensors, right? body sensors, and it was a boxing game. I can't Mo-cap. remember the name. Boxing. Okay, boxing. Exactly. Yes, okay. And, th- and they said, well, this is great for the upper body, but we really need a game that engages both knees completely <laughs> at the same time. You don't like bending your knees? I love bending my knees, but I must tell you that the knee development benefits of this product cannot be understated. Okay. So uh, this game used a lot of sensors. Um I don't really know the technology behind it, but it, relatively simple. Like, it has sensors, it sees you. And so with mocap boxing, you punch. With Police 911, it also has a gun peripheral. I think it was, gun if I'm not mistaken, it was ultrasound-style sensors, much like what they gave you if you ever ended up buying the uh, Samba de Amigo game way yeah. back when. Samba de Amigo used that. I think there were other games that did as well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so you would move, and it would know where you moved, basically. And so in the boxing game, if you shifted to the left, then you would dodge to the left, and you would use your hands to actually punch. In Police 911, you had a gun, and you would shoot things on the screen, but you could also duck out of the way, like to go under um, or behind yeah. cover and stuff. By conveyance of your knee strength. Yeah, and of course, everyone who listens to the show, or has listened for a long time, knows that I love Dance Revolution and Guitar Hero and... Anything that uses a special controller. I went so far as to buy the one and only Sega brand game that ever was released on the original PlayStation, the name of which I do not know, but it is a, uh, a is it Maraca? No, what's the, the, the tambourine, tambourine simulation game. Really? You bought that? Yes. I still have it. Wow. And I have never once used it. Never once used it. Because I don't even know how to play it. Not Samba de Amigo. No, but it came... Which it, is in a niche... You opted for the smaller niche. I also got Somebody Amigo later on, but it came in one of those long yellow boxes, exactly the same as Somebody Amigo. I'll bet it did. But it was for the original PlayStation long before the Somebody Amigo on Dreamcast. Anyway, point is, I love cool control systems. That's what I love that. Are you sure that they didn't just take a Samba de Amigo box and like throw in like a used tambourine? And, this was like, before some... Samba de Amigo. Oh, before. Before, and it is that's a great trivia game. I, I knew that the 
the name once, but it, it's the one Sega game ever that came out on PlayStation. Indeed. It's towards the very end of its life. If anybody wants to buy that from me, I'm sure it's worth thousands. It's not called Samba de Tambourine. No, no. It's totally, like, girl-focused. And it's got, like, one blue and one pink tambourine. It's got, like, one giant button on it. I have no idea how you play this game. Mm, I, tr- I tried playing it once, and I couldn't get it. Sexist, <sighs> if I may say so. I'm just telling you what it was. Yeah, somebody look that up. You tell me if it looks interesting at all. You saying blue and red are only colors that a pink, girl can appreciate? Pink and blue. Pink and blue? If I rec- you saying only girls Listen, can appreciate Listen, this is memory from ten years ago. I could be totally off was on it, colors. Was it baby pink and blue? Yes. That's my memory. But, okay. I, like I said, I could be making that up. Okay, that's pretty gross. So, anyway, this week... Uh, for those astute iOS gamers, you probably noticed in several places uh, you were told that Rage, the new id game, uh, which is not out on traditional platforms yet, is available for iOS. Uh, obviously not the full version, but like a a version that is made specifically for iOS, very different than the rest of the games, um, came out first. So on uh, you know iPhone, iPad, and stuff. What's great is, well, first let me say what's not great. What's not great is that the default control system, which is therefore the most used control system, uh, because defaults are always the most popular, um, is nothing special. And people might... Uh, was a lot I, of people was are, I playing the default then? What was no, no. No. You were playing so number not, two. I played your favorite yes. and something else, but not even the default. Not yet. the default. Yeah, right. You can try the default during the break. Yeah. Anyway, so the default just has you uh, touching on the, on the touchpad. I guess I should describe the game first. I'm going to try and make this not take up the whole segment. Um... Most people get it, I think, specifically for the graphics because it uses the new id Engine 5, whatever it is, right, to make pretty graphics. And it does look beautiful for an iPad game. I mean, I don't play a lot of games that try to be high-end in terms of their their graphics on iOS. This one clearly, though, uh, you know, looks like I'm playing a PC game that's, you know, not terribly old. Um, It's on Rails, so it it takes you through the level, but uh, you can, you know, look wherever you want. And, and like hit uh, bullseye targets that are thrown around the level, you pick up cash and ammo drops, and um, shoot enemies wherever they may be. Now uh, It's like House of the Dead, basically. Yeah, a yeah. little bit. But in, instead Except of aiming a gun more, at various places on the screen... There's more bullseye targets. Yeah, instead of aiming your gun at various points on the screen, the, uh, the reticle is always in the center, and you move the screen so right. that... well, Which you, is like... Kind of aiming a gun if you had one at the screen. If- sort of, but I mean, so like you you touch the the screen and you drag it so that you you look in the direction you want and you're always shooting in the center of the screen. That's the default. Um, and what they hide in there is virtual window control, which is exactly what I've described on the show uh, as the the control mechanism for the Wii U that had me so excited. Like, there's all these different things you can do with the Wii U. The one that I've talked about as being so awesome is when you hold this screen up. And you can move it around in the real world, and it's like you're looking through a window into another dimension, which is a game dimension. Right. And, and you're shooting crap. And I've described to you how it's so annoying because now... Because you don't like moving, that's why. No, I, I love moving. <laughs> let's, not, let's, not get me, let's not get me on the defensive that's about... A bum, that's a bumper sticker. About right. He loves moving. moving. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't like to have to do a lot of movement for what I feel like is very, very little benefit or output. Well, and that's what this game does. You may me. dislike it, but this has virtual window control where but, you, you but hold you up the whole it. tablet. Yeah. You hold up the whole tablet and you just move it around. So I'm like, I'm in my house standing up, yeah. turning all the way around. Cause the enemies come sometimes from your left, sometimes from in front of you. And, uh, in, there are five different control schemes. Don't need to go through all of them, but, uh, 
Virtual Window is the only one. I ha- actually haven't tried all of them, but I believe it's the only one where you have full control over the direction you're facing. Okay. Otherwise, it not only walks forward, it also directs you towards where the enemies yeah, are. And so it doesn't. It doesn't partially it even worse too, because as I as I played it before the break with with the other control scheme, since I didn't like your favorite, yeah, was the one where it did that, and it's it's pretty annoying for the camera to start moving when you don't expect it to. So that's another trade-off. Yeah, so you didn't like when it didn't move for you that you didn't know where the enemies were coming from. Right. What they but then you also didn't like where that's it directed right. you. That's right. What they should have done is, first of all, I'm surprised. Like, you, I'm assuming you're showing me the first level every time. Right? Um, yeah, but there's only three levels. Okay. Like, first of all, it's right off the bat, it's like way too hard for one. Um, but I'm not even going to go But you're not used to the controls. I mean, in within a few minutes. You, well, that's why it's way too hard, right? Second of all, there's just there's not enough cues to tell you about where the enemies are. Where yeah, where should you be expecting enemies? And so for you know, maybe you've played the level a bunch of times and you're already acclimated to it and so you kind of already have an expectation. Maybe this isn't That's true. Maybe this is why it's uh it's not as bothersome for you. But for me, when you know, first times I'm playing this game, when I see the hallway that I'm going down, right? And so Basically, for, for the listeners, right? You're on a rail, and then you move by yourself, but you can turn freely, right? But yes, this, exactly. Right. So, there isn't enough of a particular design or way that they built the environment that communicates to me where my attention should be. And so, what I'm left doing, which is incredibly unfulfilling, is basically just spinning around until I see an enemy, yeah, and, and that's a very bad way to play. Well, well, here's the thing. And I'm sure that's not the intended way to play, but you see, they didn't give me the right cues. No, you're absolutely right. I believe it was built with the, the default touchpad control in mind, and maybe the virtual window thing they added on at the end, or they just decided not to make a default, whatever. I don't know what they were thinking yeah. uh, when they were designing it, but you're right. There's no cue, like there's no special lighting. Um, you only have, I mean, unless you're using headphones, right, you only have a mono or even if it's stereo, it's coming from the same spot on the on the iPad. I don't right. I don't know if it's stereo mono. I assume right. it's mono. Um, you don't you know can't use an audio cue, but it does like if you're paying attention to the environment because you're used to not you're used to the game enough right. that you um, aren't just thrown off every time an enemy hits you right that you can look at the the environment right. you can tell an enemy might come from that room on the left. But there's no room on the right, right. so he's going to come from over there. And they've they've done some job of that. But the whole what, game is brown and what, red. Right. What I want to what what I want to put forward is that they didn't do enough of that, and partially it's because of, as you mentioned, the palette is very uniform. At least it feels that way in the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah definitely. Yeah. It's it's you don't really feel you have to work harder to make those discernments that you've described, and that very aspect is what really turned yeah. me off. And it, and it is because I think it was not designed with virtual window control in in mind. But Quite to me, possibly. it is it is hands down the best. And I've tried to have Various people play this yeah. to get a feel for it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I got my friend Dewey the opportunity to play it, maybe just for a minute uh, the other day. But like, we even had Norm. You're like a scientist with this. I totally am. We even had Norm give this a shot. I said, Norm, you you got to try this before before the show starts. And uh, you know, no offense, Norm, but you don't look like a big gamer. No, no, I'm not. Yeah, right. He, you know, he sits behind the controls. He watches his sports, listens to his jazz music or whatever. Would he find that offensive? No, no. I don't, I don't think he does. Uh, but he played it, 
and he seemed to genuinely enjoy it. It's one of those one of those guys like you can see him sort of smiling. He, he probably doesn't want to smile very much, but you could see him smiling like, "Hey, this is cool. Yeah. This is cool." And uh, it's a nice challenge. It really is a, a very good challenge. And you found the control like you don't play games a lot, so you're not no. used to control systems. But this you found very to be easy to work with. Exactly natural. Very natural, yes. See, and so, like, that's what the Wii was trying to do when it first came out, make everything natural control. And they've got it. They've got, now, the, the iPad is horribly uncomfortable to hold. It's like holding a blade in your hand. Right. At least the iPad 2 is. Um, and so I could do without that. Okay, but, so... He, but in general, the idea of the virtual window control is, yeah. is so phenomenal. So Anyone he, can get into here's it. Here's what I'm going to do, okay? We're going to do game design in one minute. Okay? Okay. Because um, we have a minute left, and probably now 40 seconds. Yeah. So... I'm going to propose to you what I think they should have done or what is the ideal mechanical thing for this type of interface. Because the main thing, besides what we've already discussed as being problems, I think the main crux of it is that it gives you, ironically, too much possible range of motion. I would love to see a game like this play out where everything that I could ever shoot is coming at me from like a cone of, like let's say, you know, 90 degrees not 360 all around me. Okay. So, so I could focus you on You say something. that, but I enjoy the fact that I have to, like, do 180s while standing in my living room. And you never play the level where you have to look up. Then there's no hope for you. You, you never looked up, man. You can it's, look up 90 degrees. We'll be right back. Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. And we are back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. You are. And I'm going to get back into this. During the break, we were just talking about... Like, I, I don't want to go off on, on my ideas, but You've like... You've gone off already. I... First of all, let's refine what you said. You said that you should have this, like, this cone where... Uh, a cone of, um... Right, so know, we're, we're, we're continuing to do... It's difficult to relay over the radio. Impromptu right. game design, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so right, and so we you were, don't like being surprised, right? We were actually we were talking over the break, and so what I realized was initially because I was like, yeah, you should you know restrict the angle of where things can come at you because you know it's really lame if something comes behind you and you don't know it's there until three seconds later when he's already pelted yeah. your head with three bricks, right? So but you're then, not trying to restrict your movement, right? But then you're like, you were like. Oh, but I really like to look up, right? And so I thought about that. And I'm like, hmm, he's right. That is kind of cool to be able to look upward and he shoots something, right? Or downward. Or downward or whatever, right? And so I was thinking, okay, actually, the initial statement that I said was not exactly the best way to do it. What it seems like is the right, is a better way to do it is not to necessarily have like a absolute range of degrees where things can come at you, but more like a relative one, right? So in other words, you could say that there's a rule that any enemy that shows up has to be, like, close enough to where you're looking, for example. Um, or or it has to be, like, any enemy can only spawn a certain distance away from the last one that spawned, for example. Yeah, so, in other words, you wouldn't shoot an enemy in front of you and then have the game rigged so that the next enemy comes from behind you. Right, because right, It would be only so far to the right or the left. Right, the whole idea would be to give you a hint... Yeah. So that you no, have a but chance. You, you to could do other things too. Like you could do audio cues where there are certain types of enemies that like 
maybe there's one enemy that only shows up behind you because that's his thing, right? And he cackles in a way that you can hear. Absolutely. And then you could turn around to see him. So you're just saying you need to have some way of protecting the the player from getting caught totally off guard with someone who's hitting you from, like, the second story behind you and you have no idea where he's coming from. Right. And that, I would actually say that I would go even further and say that that's... That's generally good game design yeah. for, for any type of... You're absolutely game, right. right. And the, the part where I get really frustrated in this particular game is where they do just what I what I just described, where there's a guy on the second story, and you have no indication, is he on the second story to your right, to your left? You just know that you're getting hit, and you have no idea where you're getting hit from because they're lobbing these bricks at your head. Right. Um, and that's where the fact that I've played through that level several times, right. you know, I remember, oh, he's going to be up right around this point in the level. And, right. you know, when I start getting hit, and I that's, just... And that's okay. You players have used this technique of remembering what it was that last killed them but since time immemorial. But it's not, should, but it's not ideal, and it's not good. And, you know, it's even better when you can have the player experience that feeling and put themselves through that experience without having to fail the first three times. Yeah. Right? Well, after using this... I'm very excited. Like, I have, I'm ashamed to say, quite honestly, that I am uh, not educated enough on the hardware that's in devices like the 3DS. Like, I know there's accelerometers, and there's, like, magnetometers, and there's every different ometer. I don't know which which one yeah. enables you to do this type of virtual window control. Well, I, I think that as long as you have the data that unequivocally tells you what the orientation of the tablet is, as long as the programmer has that data, I think it's actually quite... Well, it's actually relative. Because in, in this game, when you start playing the level, right. it orients uh, forward. Right. But, well, obviously, it's reinitializing with, itself based on the current orientation. Yeah. But I don't think it's actually a hard problem. I'm, I'm curious. Like, I don't know if they... I bet it like, generated whatever libraries and stuff they needed to do this control system on their own. And now they have them and can reuse them, but I don't know that they're publicly available yeah, or that somebody I, has I made them available. I don't think that, that this kind of interface technology is that like proprietary. I think it's an easy problem for most programmers to solve. Well, what I'm saying is, could one of my friends who programs for the iOS yeah. get a hold of that, or would he have to do it on his own? Right? Would he have to figure out the puzzle of how to make it happen? Yeah, I think he'd have to figure it out, but I don't think it would be that hard. Maybe not. I don't know. But I have all these ideas for games that I want to make that use this control system, and... I wish that I knew people, more people who did iOS development, because I only know a couple, and I don't know that they would have any idea how to accomplish this. So I'm trying to get a hold of them, because there's so many things I could create that uh, that do this. So, you know, if anybody out there... Well, this might be the start the, of the new Elan. Yeah. The problem is that anybody who actually has the power to make this game also has the power to design and doesn't need me designing a game for them. <laughs> well, but, sure. But, you know... I could put up some seed money. What do you need? Ten bucks? Ten bucks? Maybe yeah, a popsicle? That'll do it. You might have to, you know, like get some actual ice cream. To make this Speaking happen. of indentured servantry, let yes. me remind our listeners that they should be going to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advanced Technology, where you too could design and build games while making no money uh, in the process uh, as part of your your student education. Um, all right, so that's what I've been doing this week. I'm super excited about this, and I hope, I hope that people figure out this is actually in the game. I mean, hell, it's it's free right now for like a week. I don't know how when they turn that off, but uh, both versions, the non-HD and the HD version, which are also both iPhone and iPad versions, are totally free. I believe they're still free. 
So the next it. week, I'll pay. Is it's that, because they hit like a, they do? hit a hundred thousand friends on Facebook or something, so they made it free for a week. It's been around for a while. It's right. not it's not new. I just didn't know because I didn't pay for it. Um, so you can thank your ninety nine thousand whatever friends. Exactly. So uh, also, if anybody listening is aware of other games that use virtual window control for iOS, um, I know that they do it on 3ds because we've talked about it a little bit. But please email Alon because he has a hard on for them now. So no, I always have. As soon as I knew they existed with the Wii U, and my friends were like, wait, the 3DS does this. I was like, what? All right. So uh, any other games that use this control and don't completely suck, send me uh, send me uh, a note, because I don't know of a single other one. Um, and I've been trying to look that up. So it's really hard, though, because when you search for virtual window, all you get is like remote, remote desktop clients. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go and uh, talk about some, some little uh, snack-sized news stories here. Yeah. Okay. So we got we got one legal one and we got one from our friend Joe. So you know how much I love the legal business. Sure. And I didn't know that. You but know okay. you know how much you love the legal business. That's true. Did you know that Atari has sent a uh, I don't know what you want to call it cease and desist demand letter or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for Atari twenty six hundred. Atari twenty six hundred dot org which was established since around 2000 by basically a hobbyist developer to showcase his hobby development I'm on the 2600. I'm surprised the the uh, long-lived hacker zine 2600 hasn't been well, that's probably stopped just by them as well. Because they don't know about it yet. <laughs> okay. So what do you think of this, Alon? Because you are married We've, or going to be married to the lawyer someday. Uh, married to the going-to-be-a-lawyer person. Right, one yeah. of those. Uh, well, also, I've been involved in trademark litigation, and we've talked about this on the show before. Yeah. Like, trademark, they are obliged to send this seat, this now, cease and desist. They, they may, don't have the option right. to not do they, it. Okay, they may be, but here is this little wrinkle, is that they have not since 2000 made any mention to the other party about this. Well, they may not have been aware of it if it wasn't popular enough. Yeah. Although, honestly, since it's a website URL, yeah. the argument is that they should have been aware of that for many years. Yes. Um, and I, I just said that they don't have the option to not litigate. That's not true. They could, I believe, allow the person to do it, but still that dilutes the brand and means that in the future they may not have the same freedom right. to go after people. So they do basically have the obligation to say, no, you can't use it, right. or you become a partner of ours. And then you can use it, right? So if you're part of our company, it, it's a big mess. Trademark and the rules around trademark yeah. are a pain in the butt because you right. you have to. All right. Litigate. What do you think about this? Do you think the guy who is currently owns that Atari2600.org domain, do you think that he can effectively use an estoppel defense? I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. But it, okay. So here's, just knowing here's that it's Atari2600, I, yeah, I yeah. bet he has no reasonable defense to that. Okay. So. He, what I heard, and by heard, I mean uh, after reading the comments about um, this story on the various blogs, right? One of the commenters said, hey, you can actually use a defense called estoppel, which means that uh, Atari should have known about it, and they took, you know, 12 years or what have you, 11 years That is the only respond. defense in this case. Yeah. Because a, a URL is so easily searchable, and right. that particular brand, Atari 2600, is so obvious. Right. They should have seen that and done something about it, right. but I don't know what this, you know, I don't know if there's an established like statute of limitations. That's not the right term, but yeah. if there's an established yeah. time frame for defending trademark. Right. Um, um, yeah. Good question. 
Also don't know. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Um, so Joe, our good friend Joe, he emailed uh, us the other day. And um, he seems to have a uh, – he seems to really dislike GameStop for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why that could be. Okay. Uh, apparently GameStop now is launching a game streaming service in 2012. You mean like OnLive? Like OnLive or Gaikai, which uh, they don't do the exact same business. But now this will be three people in the cloud they should game just buy online. server service type thing. They, they don't need to make a new one. They should just buy online and be done with it. <sighs> Guess they're going to make their own. All right. Well, yeah. we'll talk about that and other stuff and right when we get back. Stay tuned. me, Mario. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woo-hoo! We're back. We were talking about GameStop and, uh, them starting a streaming service. Do we have any details aside from just the fact that they're going to do it? Coming 2012 and you can demo it or whatever somehow at, at the GameStop. So what's weird is OnLive so far only streams PC games, right? It doesn't stream well, like your Xbox. They have their... You buy like their own like micro console or whatever. Well, yeah. And but you it, play but PC you're streaming games PC games yeah. with an Xbox-like controller. Yeah, I mean, you can't be streaming and playing xbox games because they're owned by xbox and mm-hmm. by xbox right microsoft well, and microsoft will never say oh yes we'll just allow you to do this well i mean with the right licensing agreement they they could but well, obviously th- i'm not aware of that having happened but it's it's the kind of thing where it's like your your, your partner or whatever is i mean this this type of business is in such a fledgling state right now but it does kind yeah. of over a long time, like, threaten to supplant the game industry. Well, my point is that this this is happening, except GameStop has no PC game business. Like, literally none, except when they sell, like, the two or three games that are popular. Like, I think well, they sell some World of Warcraft. Is, maybe this is why they're trying to get into this, you know, because they've, they've pretty much got the used game market cornered, right? I think it's someone they're trying to get a hold of, well, we want to get in the download business, so we better jump on this, you know. But right. I'm like, well, this actually... I mean, basically, it's it's expanding your market a bit, but nobody yeah. plays PC games as it is. Yeah, they play console games where they steal their PC games. I actually but nobody think, pays for them. I think this is a smart tactic by them because I think they're in a very tenuous spot for the next like future of like five ten years. So I think it's smart to do something like this, but I don't think it's the right time because there just aren't the games well, there that well, people want to play. But but the risk. It, it might not be the right time at all for them to do these things and all the other things they're doing, right? But the thing is, is that I, I think what they're trying to do is I think they can they can see that the writing is not on the wall yet, but one day the writing will be on the wall. And if they're not like ready to like transition into whatever it is they need to transition to, I mean, they will be gone like Blockbuster is gone. No, what they need to do is make a deal with the big, you know, Nintendo, Sony whatever, uh, Microsoft people, and say, we're going to sell your your games somehow. They have to figure out how to do that. 
And honestly, there's no good way to do it because Microsoft yeah. already has a perfectly good system in place. Um, well, there's that. And also, if they were going that strategy, then at that point, Gaikai would be a, almost a direct competitor with them. Because that's Gaikai's angle, actually. They're trying to partner with game developers and publishers so that you can basically demo their games without you buying the game. Yeah, I uh, I don't actually know what Gaikai does. That's all. That's all it's about. It's just it's online it's just demos. Online streaming service to for to become a basically a, a vehicle to market a game for a publisher or developer. But you never play the full game on it. I don't know. Maybe you do after you buy it later on. But I think at at the foundation, it's for promotion and for demos and such okay. things. That's weird. That's the one it's, that Dave Perry is in, right? Yeah, it's not that weird because the main thing about the main problem with this cloud gaming in the first place is that even though it gives you a representative sample of what the game is like, right? It's that that latency. That's it's the latency, and it's viewing the game with millions of artifacts on the screen. If you're a savvy gamer, that is the real killer. So you're saying they get to try it out, but then they can also buy it, stream it to the system, and store it locally. All I know is the trying part. I don't know where they've gone, if they've gone any further okay. with that. But well, anyway. the whole idea is that you get to try it out, and then mm-hmm. there's an easy way for you to buy it if you like it. Anyway, o- overall, I agree with you that GameStop, they're making the right move to be thinking in this direction. And it's just weird that, like, this is probably a significant investment. I don't think it's cheap to do this, to if they're going to be- build probably, it instead of buying it. Probably, but they're making lots of extra money selling used games. Well, that's true. Um, but... It's getting them into a market that they intentionally dropped in the past, then which has not been doing better and given them reason to pick back up lately. Um, the PC business is is still dead as a doornail, you know, with the exception of World of Warcraft. Um, nobody plays PC games, and I know that some of our listeners play PC games and will bitch about it. But, but those don't pay for them. That well, that's true. But on top of that, they're not a representative sample. Like people who do play games are playing on consoles or not paying for them and that's just how how it is that's why there's so many developers who don't even make pc games so it's weird that they're trying to get into the very specifically pc gaming market yeah it's becoming very cutthroat this game this video game market of ours it's becoming so cutthroat that i think that this is why we're seeing these companies do things like this when there's lots of money people are ready to cut throats sir that's what happens yes all right so what, what else is in the news all right so that's all we got for news Although this is kind of a bit of news, right? So now I want to talk about what's been pissing me off all day long. Just today? Yeah. Really? That's very limiting for you. <laughs> Even I have my limits. So. Okay. Good, sir. So let's uh, let's start with this, just a little bit of background. So there's this indie games festival in Australia, and it just it just happened, apparently. And it's called Free Play. And there was this panel... That happened there, and without getting into too much detail, right? Because basically there's a conference there in Australia about game development. There's this panel about, it was originally called, well, it's still called this. It was called The Words That We Use, and it was about basically different methods of conveying things as a games journalist, right? And what's effective and what's not, right? And what started out as a ostensibly innocuous panel turned into uh, 
something that apparently went horribly bad at some point there was a conversation and it basically degenerated into this discussion about basically gender issues in the video game industry and sexism in the video game industry. Right. And so some individual who was there wrote a commentary and it's up on gamasutra.com. And that I think it was posted today and it basically went from having a few comments to now just exploded with like over 50 comments, right? And all these comments, of course, they're not, this isn't about the panel necessarily, but these are all people commenting about just the problem or so-called problem of sexism and gender in the video game development industry, okay? And the basic line is, oh, Look at this gender disparity. It's roughly split like 90-10, give or take a few percent, between males and females who work in game development. And this is, for some people, a huge problem. And if you ever... Here's my problem with this whole thing, right? If you go on Gamma Sutra and if you read this article that I'm referencing, it's, it's on the front page. It's easy to find. And if you read the comments, this isn't the first time this topic has come up. It's probably about the 7,000th time this topic has come up. And the thing that really pisses me off is so many people's apparent inability to just have an intellectually honest discussion about this sort of thing. It seems impossible. Every time this topic comes up, the same kind of garbage gets thrown around and it's just... I, I've just had it. I've just had it. I don't understand. Maybe, Alon, you can help me. Well, it's funny that you're you're realizing that, first of all, arguments on the Internet are not rational. Okay, <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's my mistake once again for hoping that someone will ever express something rational on like, the Internet. Just because you're at GammaSutra.com does not mean you're free. Okay. Free from the... the the point idiocy, point the taken, right? Event. But let's let's if 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 we may, let's discount the fact that it's the internet for a moment, okay? Because I think that there's something deeper going on here that the internet cannot fully explain, although it explains a lot of things. Okay, right? There's so there's arguments about sexism. There's this. It's not just that there's arguments about sexism, right? It's that every time. Some, here's how it goes. It almost, it, it almost like, it's like the same pattern, like every time you see this issue come up, right? Somebody says, oh, look at this gender disparity. There must be a problem, right? Because somebody basically says, because there's a gender disparity, this is intrinsically problematic, and we must do something, right? Instead of just accepting that there might actually be a difference. Right. And so that's that's part of it, right? So if... Anybody comes up and suggests, oh, maybe this is just because of a difference that is, you know, like not mired in some kind of like conspiracy or some kind of like something else. Like maybe it's a lot less exciting. The reason for why there are more women than men in such an industry, for example. Right. If anybody even begins to hint or suggest that idea, there's about four other people that jump on that person and just insult him until he's insulted out of the room. Yeah, but I mean... And that helps. That doesn't that's do... That's America. I guess that's America. <laughs> do you remember the witch trials? Right. Yes, I, I do. Like, 
Um, but this is crazy just follow because the crowd. It's the it's what it is right now. It's PC to make everybody right, equal. Right, but it's totally of accepting they might it's not totally be. turned on its head because it's like the people who are doing the witch hunting, like they're not running at you with stakes saying you're a witch. They're running at you with stakes saying that there might be a boring reason for something that doesn't sound as boring. Um, yeah, I just can't say that I'm surprised by any of this. So it's hard to get worked up about it because it's... It's not It's not even that I'm surprised as much as I'm disappointed because I would really love to have oh, an Oh, I'm disappointed discussion. every day of my life, sir. <laughs> That's... You walk around America, you wake up every day here wondering what, what has happened Fair to enough. us. And I'm disappointed because we have to go to break. We'll be right back. And we're back once again. It's Chatterbox Video Game Radio. In your face! Don't forget to go to chatterboxgameshow.com that's our website that's where you'll find the link to email the two of us and uh, email me the games that you know of that use a virtual window style control for iOS um, so that I can try them because I want to otherwise Alon's life will not be complete that's true uh, also email us if there's just something you want us to talk about uh, people do that and then we talk about it it's that it's that easy uh, yeah so do that so we were talking about this stuff that I just... Yeah, let's just... Uh, I mean... You get infuriated about this, and I just don't care. Yeah, I know you don't care. And I, you know what? I would really... I want to... I'm going to find somebody. I'm going to recruit someone. Here's the thing. To I, have a discussion on this show about a similar topic. I wake up every day and realize I'm in a world surrounded by people who believe in God, and it makes me really hard to be more surprised or disappointed in the world for any other decision they make. Right, like I just yeah, that's that's fine. That's I'm that's okay. surrounded by fools every day of my life. I'm still I'm still disappointed, and I have I got my standards, man. Okay, that's <laughs> I'm glad I mean, it is in your favor that you have such faith in humanity. I do not continue to be surprised, but I continue to disappoint. But uh, yeah, that's America's all about following following the sheep, and and the sheep today are all about PC inequality and. Pretending but that it's they not, are. It's not about equality. It's like it's equality. No, it's, it's about or, publicly espousing equality, whether or not they truly believe it. Right. That's what it is. And then yeah. if you don't, if you even like suggest that there might actually be a rational reality that is different from that. Did that happen? Did someone make this suggestion? Did you make that suggestion? No, I, I did. Because we're basically arguing that we hate women. That's the subtext of this discussion right now. <sighs> well. Or that's what people will infer from it. I guess, I guess. I mean, there's there's a few quotes that I wrote down, right? So these are some people, these are some things that people are commenting on when they when they discuss these these gender issues in you know about like game jobs, right? So here's like here's what one game designer said: More girls in the industry, please. I'm bored to death of space marines and shooters. I'd like more story, more emotional depth. Okay. By the way, this is a guy who said it, right? But like, are you kidding me? Can you can you be more sexist? Am I somehow incapable of producing something beyond Space Marines because I'm a guy making video games? Are you kidding me? And to take that even further, do you think for even a second that if you install a, just like a whole, the whole, I don't know, like... Cadre. You, cadre, <laughs> good word, of girls into the game industry and have them make a game, 
that somehow it will have more story and more emotional depth than what a professional game designer can already make irrespective of gender? The irony is that it would probably be so gender role that it would be it would be like the next diner dash or something. This is this is the kind of thing that the kind of challenging statement that's perfectly rational and is met by just utter disgust and and I don't even know what else by these people. I'm getting confused. Do you think that the quote you just read was rational or not? No, it's not at all. It's mm-hmm. not I mean it's not inflammatory like a few of the other ones. It's not a, it's not inflammatory at all. But what it is is that it's just this, this assumption. Why are you assuming that if a guy is in the game industry, he cannot do better than Space Marines, one. Two, there's not that many Space Marine games, okay? There are so, there is such, I'm sick and tired there's of There's a people. lot of Halo. That's fine. But if you are the kind of person who has the personal volition to go and look for games that interest you, there is such an enormous variety of games out there that I will challenge you to truly truly honestly tell me that you cannot find a game you like i think it just says he wants more but i you know not every game is for a console not every game is space marines not every game is shooters people are denying the existence of a huge variety because it doesn't suit their worldview at the moment to characterize the game industry as being devoid of variety yeah well here's the thing he didn't put enough thought into that he didn't really think about what he what he was saying or meant because he he probably wasn't being that serious. Um, but the what he was probably pointing out is that the games that are popular, the games that are like in our presence, well, fair, mostly fair enough. Are the those popular games. ones are the Space Marine ones. But guess what? It's because a lot of boys are playing. <laughs> you don't. Yeah, and guess what else? You don't have to play that game just because a million people play that game. You have this beautiful thing called free will where you can go and play just the games that you're interested in. Like Rage HD or what or whatever, right? So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go even further, right? Like there's this other guy commenting. He was insinuating that oh, the only reason why statistical disparities could possibly exist is because of sexism, sex, statistical disparities in wages. I should say, right? There's another one who got frustrated and he was like, "Let me spell this out for you. Spell this out for you, knuckle dragging simpletons." Like, that's great. Just call everybody a knuckle-dragging simpleton. That will actually cause intellectual discourse. What bothers me is that that guy is not willing to admit that women just aren't as good at math and science. Uh-huh. And that's that's why their wages are lower. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Mad Men lately. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, it's it's to get to get serious, right? I mean, it's... I mean, there's that. There's someone else. The whole thing that sparked this, incidentally, was... During uh, this this forum that they had, uh, it seemed like the moderator of this panel posited a question saying, where are all the female game critics? And this is even more interesting that this question was put forth because none of the panel members at the time could contemporaneously figure out or mention uh, female game critics. And yeah, you were I'm at the same me, loss. And you were asking me the same thing. you know. And you know what? Before the show. And I was like, yeah, there's plenty of them. And you know what? They're not like half. You know, maybe they are closer to 10% because there's a lot of guys who are in game press. And I used to be in game press, you know, for years. And here's the funny not thing. Not like now when you're on the radio. Right. Yeah. Not like now at all. No. <laughs> now, now we've... Something's different. Yes. Well, anyway, it's not, it's not my main profession. Okay. Okay. 
not to de- delegitimize <laughs> what you're doing, right? But um, just because now they couldn't say like nobody said anything for a minute, and this somehow was like this huge catalyst for all of this commotion, right? And it may have been that most of them couldn't think of one at that time, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean anything. If you're put on the spot and, oh, you know, name a female game critic right this second when you haven't planned to do anything about that, right? It's kind of it's kind of rough to be put on the spot about something like that, right? And maybe you can name one, maybe you can't, right? But the thing is, is that there are... This is the hilarious thing. And even in one comment in this article that was written, it was a comment that was written by a female who is part of the game's press. And she was like, hey, you know what? You know, every time, and obviously I'm paraphrasing, she said something to the effect of, you know, I've I've gotten into this, you know, games press industry and I've been met with nothing but encouragement and everyone's really easygoing and, you know, every there's there was no hint of sexism that she experienced one way or another in her career. Not to say that somebody may or may not experience that, right? But just for her, she didn't. And what happened, interestingly enough, was that she said, oh, well, um, you know, sometimes when people respond to me, uh, they write he instead of she when they're talking about me. And I don't know how to put an end to this. And I don't know how to address this. Right. And I'm just thinking, just tell them you're a girl. Yeah. And then they'll know because they probably didn't look at the byline when they were referencing your review. But, yeah. but this Seems is the problem, enough. right? The way that she, like, the fact, the way that she actually made her own comment of, one, stating that she didn't have any problems with sexism in her career, and then, two, right after that, she immediately verified the fact that just because she got called, like, the wrong gender, that this is somehow now, like, a problem that must be addressed when maybe somebody just didn't know. Hey, you know what? I get called Miss all the time because apparently i have the market cornered on vowels in names okay <laughs> do i think that's a problem that needs to be corrected no because i understand the dynamics of why that happens people see all these vowels in a name and they're like that must be a woman no guy could ever get caught carrying around so many vowels but <laughs> so, it's not a problem because people no, don't mean but there's it a to difference between there's a difference between uh sexism and and her you know being upset or should I say him being upset that there's uh, assumptions? There, there is. There's a huge problem. But she was framing her issue as the same weight as this kind of this this kind of gender issue that everybody has a huge problem with. I don't know. I I can't. I didn't read what she said. Yeah. But it seems to me like that seems unlikely yeah. that she'd be placing the weight same well, weight on it. If we had another segment, we could read it, but it doesn't sound like we do. What we do have right now is time for me to remind everyone to go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Events and Technology, where uh, you can have arguments like this on a daily basis with your teachers. Um, the arguments that I want to have, though, are which games for iOS that use virtual window control suck and don't. So. Uh, go to chatterboxgameshow.com and send us email so that we can talk about that stuff later uh, in the show's future. Uh, I'm going to go for the rest of, you know, for a week. We'll be back next week. Uh, anything else before we go? I think I'll do that, too. It's a good idea. Nothing, nothing left. Nothing left. Right. What do you want from me? I'm just the game designer. That's true. We'll be back next week, folks. Good night, guys.
You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.